One day in autumn, as I was roaming the hills and knolls adjacent to the hermitage of Yusuf el-Fakri, I was suddenly caught in a strong wind and torrent rain, and the tempest cast me here and there like a boat whose rudder has been broken and whose masts have been torn by a gale in a rough sea. I directed my steps with difficulty toward Yusuf's place, saying to myself, This is an opportunity I have long sought, and the tempest will be my excuse for entering, while my wet clothes will serve as good reason for lingering. I was in a miserable plight when I reached the hermitage, and as I knocked on the door, the man whom I had been longing to see opened it. He was holding in one hand a dying bird whose head had been injured and whose wings had been broken. I greeted him, saying, I beg your forgiveness for this annoying intrusion. The raging tempest trapped me while I was afar from home. He frowned, saying, There are many caves in this wilderness in which you might have taken refuge. However, he did not close the door, and the beat of my heart quickened in anticipation, for the realization of my great wish was close at hand. He commenced to touch the bird's head gently and with utmost care and interest, exhibiting a quality important to my heart. I was surprised over the two opponent characteristics I found in that man, mercy and cruelty at the same time. We became aware of the strained silence. He resented my presence. I desired to remain. It seemed as if he felt my thought, for he looked up and said, The tempest is clean and declines to eat soured meat. Why do you seek to escape from it? And with a touch of humor, I responded, The tempest may not desire salted or soured things, but she is inclined to chill and tender all things, and undoubtedly she would enjoy consuming me if she grasped me again. His expression was severe when he retorted, The tempest would have bestowed upon you a great honor, of which you are not worthy if she had swallowed you. I agreed, Yes, sir, I fled the tempest so I might not be awarded an honor which I do not merit. He turned his face from me in an effort to choke his smile, and then motioned toward a wooden bench by the fireplace and invited me to rest and dry my raiment. I could scarcely control my elation. I thanked him and sat down while he seated himself opposite, on a bench carved of rock. He commenced to dip his fingertips into an earthenware jar containing a kind of oil, applying it softly to the bird's head and wings. Without looking up, he said, The strong winds have caused this bird to fall upon the rocks between life and death. I replied, rendering comparison, And the strong winds have sent me adrift to your door in time to prevent having my head injured and my wings broken. He looked at me seriously and said, It is my wish that man would show the bird's instinct, and it is my wish that the tempest would break the people's wings. For man inclines toward fear and cowardice, and as he feels the awakening of the tempest, he crawls into the crevices and the caves of the earth and hides himself. My purpose was to extract the story of his self-imposed exile, and I provoked. Yes, the birds possess an honor and courage that man does not possess.
Man lives in the shadow of laws and customs which he made and fashioned for himself, but the birds live according to the same free eternal law which causes the earth to pursue its mighty path about the sun. His eyes and face brightened, as if he had found in me an understanding disciple, and he exclaimed, Well done. If you place belief in your own words, you should leave civilization and its corrupt laws and traditions and live like the birds in a place empty of all things except the magnificent law of heaven and earth.